Welcome to the Elite Business Academy podcast, the favorite show for business owners and entrepreneurs to get their weekly fix of motivation and knowledge. Discover powerful strategies on how to build a successful business and techniques to create a positive life. And now, here's your host, motivational speaker, business coach, and founder of the EBA, Craig Wilkinson. Welcome to the Elite Business Academy. My name's Craig Wilkinson. I'm founder of the EBA and I'm your coach for today's podcast show. In this episode, I'm going to share with you how to empower and motivate your staff because it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that if you created a great working environment and a great culture, productivity and efficiency goes up, but so do your profits. I'd like to start off by giving four Elite Business Academy members a shout out. That's Mark Fowler, James Bennett, Jason Fletcher and Adam Dyson. Why? Because yesterday I put a post into our Facebook group to our community, letting them know that I was recording this podcast today and asked them for some suggestions and ideas. What's the problems, the pain points, the challenges that they're facing in their business right now and I would pick one of those problems and these four members have all put the same challenge or issue that they've got in the business which is how to empower and motivate their staff. So grab your notepad, grab your pens and let's crack on. It's so important that small to medium sized business owners get the right staff But more importantly, get the staff that are motivated and buying into their vision. Why? Because unlike the multinational blue chip corporate companies that have got hundreds of thousands or millions of pounds or dollars to spend on their team and recruitment, small to medium sized business owners don't have that luxury. We don't have the resources, we don't have the money and we certainly don't have the time. It's absolutely critical to the growth of our business to make sure, number one, we're taking on the right person. Number two, that person is going to work to our standards and our values and ethics. And number three, we retain that member of staff by giving them a happy working environment and keeping them motivated and excited. We've all made those classic mistakes and me included in my early years of business where number one, we've taken on the complete wrong person. Number two, that person may not have worked to our standards. And number three, they get demotivated, they're not happy. So we either sack them or they leave of their own accord. Either way, the only person that's suffering throughout all this is you, the business owner. Why? Because it's your time that you've already invested into this person. It's your money that's going down the pan each week, each month that you're having to pay them to do a poor job. Now imagine having five members of your team like this. What's going to happen to the efficiency and the bottom line figures in your business? But even worse than that, imagine if you've got two really motivated and passionate members of your team and they're in the same environment as the five unproductive 
members. Just think of the negativity that they are going to heap onto the two diamond players. And then what's going to happen? All of a sudden, you end up with seven members of your team that are unproductive and that are holding you and your business back. So what we are looking for are more of the diamonds, more of the motivated, empowered members of your team that bind into your vision and want to help you grow your business. And this is how we're going to do it. Number one, we're going to rewind and we're going to look at the type of people that you're employing. Because it doesn't matter how much training or how much motivation or whatever vision you share with someone who's got the wrong mindset or the wrong skill set, you're going to struggle. Number two, we're going to look at something that I call the rules of my game. In other words, the standards that I'm expecting that person to work towards. Number three, how to keep your team members and staff motivated so they never leave you. So let's look at step number one, how to recruit a team player. Now, I don't know your policy and procedure for taking on new members of staff, but I'm guessing somewhere along the lines, it involves a CV and it involves an interview or maybe two interviews. And at the end of this process, you will make a decision based on the information that they've provided you, the people that you've spoken to based on their references, and how they came across and the rapport building that you had with them in that interview. And then you'll make a decision whether that's a good decision or not on who gets the job. And this is where the first problem lies. We cannot employ members of staff based on a CV that they could have made up, based on references that could be dodgy, and based on rapport building. Why? Because people can sell themselves over and above what they're worth. In other words, anybody can blag you. And if they're a good blagger, if they're a good salesperson, they will sell their sales to you and sell themselves into a job that they've not got the right skill set for in the first place. Now you leave happy because you believe you're taking on the right person. But at the end of the day, imagine all the time that is going to be spent training that person up all the wages and the salaries that you're going to have to pay that person, gambling and hoping and keeping your fingers crossed that you've made the right decision and they are the right person for that job. Now, if you're lucky, you might end up landing on one of those diamonds. But from my own experience and from working with thousands of other business owners, this is generally not the case. We end up taking on the wrong person but only finding out months down the line that's cost us our own time and money. And then what happens? The same recruitment process starts all over again and we're back to winging it and keeping our fingers crossed that the next person is going to be the right person. And then the recruitment cycle starts all over again. So we need to break that cycle 
and we need to start to employ people not based on gut instincts or CVs or references or how they sell themselves in interviews. We need to be taking people on based on psychology and behavioural strengths. And how we're going to do this is you're going to head over to a website called belbin.com. B-E-L-B-I-N.com. Belbin have identified nine different clusters of behaviour displayed in the workplace. These are called the nine Belbin team roles. In other words, there are nine different characteristic behaviours in each and every one of us. But some of these behaviours or skills are more dominant than others. Now, by completing a multiple choice questionnaire on the Belbin website, Belbin will then give you a report back telling you exactly the strengths and the weaknesses that that individual have got. For example, if you are interviewing for a project manager's role, that person needs to be organised and they need to be a people person to undertake that role. The Belbin report will tell you exactly if that person has the right skill set. Example, are they an organised person and are they a people person? So we are starting to use psychology and strengths and weaknesses to determine whether that person is blagging you or telling the truth. And trust me, you cannot blag Belbin. So straight away, we're taking away your emotions and that gut feeling and gambling on whether that person is the right person for that role. And we are using Belbin to give us the correct information to make sure that that person is telling the truth and they've got the skill set to undertake that role. And yes, Belbin charge you for using that service. You can have individual reports or you can have team reports. So yes, it might cost you £50 to get an individual report done. But think about the cost saving that decision is going to make to you. Because if you take on the wrong person, it's going to cost you thousands further down the line. Now, you don't have to just use Belbin when you're recruiting new members of staff. Why not put your existing members of staff through Belbin and that will tell you their strengths and their weaknesses. You never know. You could have got a member of your team doing the wrong job. They could be stronger in other areas of your business rather than the one that they're working in. So it's a really interesting exercise to put your team through. But more importantly, put yourself through it and understand where your strengths and weaknesses are lie. So now we've taken the right measures to make sure that we've got the right person on board. What we now need to do is look at step number two, which is the rules of your game. One of the biggest challenges business owners face is making sure their team, whether that's a team working remotely or a static team working from a central office, are working to the high standards that you have set. And I understand and feel at first hand how frustrating this has been for me over the years. 
You set up your business, you conceive your baby, you grow your baby to your standards. And when you employ other people, you expect them to work at your level and your standards. But unfortunately, members of staff, employees, freelancers, subcontractors don't feel the same about your business as what you do. So it's inevitable that at some point, their standards will start to drop, causing you and your business a problem. Now again, I want us to rewind to where this process originally started from. And how do you communicate your standards to new members of staff and your existing members of staff? Now I don't know that, I don't know that process, but I'm going to share with you what's worked for me. And I come from one of the tough arsed industries out there, the construction industry, arguably one of the toughest industries to crack. But if I can do it with a gang of builders and construction workers, I'm sure you can implement this strategy into your business. So welcome to the rules of your game. Now, I don't know about you, but I always wanted to come across as being the nice boss, the nice guy and be a friend to all of my team. So I would occasionally turn a blind eye to some of the things that went off in my business. Why did I do this? Because number one, I couldn't be bothered with all the confrontation. And number two, I didn't have time to deal with it. But this all ended up backfiring on me. Because I got a team that was all working from different rules. None of them were singing from the same hymn sheet. Some people were working to high standards, other people were working to low standards. And it just became a mess. And in actual fact, it ended up causing me more grief and hassle than it would have done if I'd have established the rules of my game up front. Does any of that sound familiar in your business? So I adopted a policy that I called the rules of the game. Now, let me give you an example of what I mean by the rules of the game. I don't know what your favourite sport is, but for me, it's football or soccer. And I know that within the parameters of that pitch, we can have goal kicks, corners, penalties. And the objective is that 11 players on one side play the other 11 players on the other to score as many goals as possible. Whilst playing on the pitch, the players have a free role up until somebody breaks the rules, whether that's the ball goes out for a throw in or corner or somebody gets a penalty. And then the referee will call a halt to that game by blowing his whistle and then he'll restart the game. We need to adopt into our businesses this same philosophy about providing the rules of the game for our players. But how many people have established the rules of their game up front and they've been communicated to every member of their team? So here's what you need to do to write the rules of your game. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is write down and bullet point out a comprehensive list of all the things and all the rules that you want your team members, your players to do in your business. So everything that you are expecting them to do 
goes on one list of rules. Once we've established the rules of what we're expecting our team to play by, we then need to create a second list. And this second list are all the rules that you don't want your team members to play by. In other words, all the rules that they cannot do in your business. And again, just brainstorm and bullet point two lists. Now, once we've got the bullet pointed lists, the next thing we need to do is expand on those bullet points and put them all into either a sentence or a small paragraph. The next step is we're going to type up both lists on some official letter-headed paper. And at the bottom of each of the lists, you're going to write name, date and signature. Because we're going to get our players or our team members to sign and date these documents. Now, let me introduce you to John. John is the guy that we've just taken through step one through the recruitment process of Belbin. So we know he's got the right credentials, skills and strengths to undertake the role that we're bringing him in to do. We're then going to sit down with John and we're going to say to John, right, John, here's a list of all the rules of our game. This is a list of all the things that you are expected to do and play by. This is a list of all the things we don't want you to do and we don't want you to play by. Can you please read the lists and if anything springs out to mind that you're not happy with, can you please flag it up now? You then leave John to look at the two lists. Now, if John's the right candidate and he respects your rules and respects your values, he will read the lists and he'll sign both sets of rules. If that's the case, job done. But what happens if somebody goes down the lists and says, I don't agree or I'm not happy with this particular point? What happens then? Well, you explain your reason behind that rule. And if they're still not happy, you stop everything there and then and you tell them the interview is over, they haven't got the job, can they politely pick up the belongings and leave? Because why would you want somebody to come into your organisation who doesn't accept your rules up front from day one, you just know that at some point it's going to come back and bite you in the arse and they're going to become a problem further down the line. So let's eliminate the problem up front before we waste our time and money on them and let's get rid of that person and let's go back to the drawing board, put people back through the bell bin until we find someone that ticks all the boxes and signs the rules of your game. Now, the reason why this is so important is number one, you're establishing the rules on them, so straight from day one, they know what's expected of them. But number two, you cannot have rules for one and rules for others within your business because that is going to cause you grief at some point further down the line. And number three, and probably the most important one, imagine if you had five or seven or ten or even two members of staff that we're all abiding by your rules, by your standards, they're all singing from the same hymn sheet, there's no favouritism, and they're all pulling in the same 
direction. Imagine how your business would move forward and grow by having a team like that. So let's just stop for a second and think where we're at now. We've now used Belbin to take on the right person with the right credentials and the right skills and the right strengths into our business. They've now signed the rules of the game so they fully understand what's expected of them and there's no favouritism, everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. So now we're moving on to step number three, which is retaining our assets, retaining them players, retaining them team members by empowering them and motivating them to stay with you. There are many different situations and circumstances that can affect the morale of any team player. A poor working environment, their relationships with other staff and employees, and even circumstances that aren't under your control, like personal issues that they bring in from the home, could affect their morale. And when we get one member of staff that's down in the dumps, it doesn't take a great deal for them to start spreading that negativity to other people. And you don't need me to explain what having a negative workforce means to you in your business. So I'm going to share with you the four points that I use in my business to keep my members of staff morale up, to keep them positive, to keep them motivated and empowered and enjoying the job and the role that they undertake to help me to grow my business. Point number one, you've got to create your vision. Your vision of where you are taking your business. Because believe it or believe it not, there are not many business owners that have got their vision written down as a crystal clear goal and a path and a plan and a strategy of where they're heading. Most business owners are working long, hard hours and they're under pressure and they're being pulled from pillar to post. They're dealing with the fires and then one minute the fire's out, another fire starting. They're dealing with the people that are shouting the loudest. So their vision within their own business gets clouded and they don't actually know where they're going. And if a business owner has no idea of that final destination, that end postcode, that vision of where they're heading, how the hell can you expect your team to know the vision and the direction that they're supposed to be heading in. Listen, they're looking to you as their leader. So if you can't lead because you don't know what direction you're going in, how can you expect them to do the same? So what I'm going to ask you to do is write down your 12-month vision of what your business will look like in 12 months' time. But I want you to write it as though you've already achieved it. Don't write it as in, I wish it looked like this, I want it to look like that. You write it like, I have this already. My business now looks like this. And I want you to write down your 12-month vision. Once you've written down your 12-month vision, I want you to do the same for five years. Now, I know five years is a long time, but we have to have a final destination. So, as, as tough as it may be, I want you to sit down and do the exact same process. Where do you want to be in this business in five years? And write it as though you've already achieved it. Brilliant. We now have 
our vision of where we're heading. Point number two, share the vision with your team. We're going to have a brainstorming session with our team so we share the vision. But here's how I'm going to ask you to do it. And this may feel uncomfortable for you as a business owner if you've never done this before. I remember the first time I did it. I was absolutely terrified because I'd never done anything like this before. I was outside of my comfort zone. But again, they're looking to you as a leader. And if you can't speak to your troops, if you can't speak to your players and share the plan and the vision of where we're heading, what type of leader are we demonstrating? So I want to round your team up and you're going to explain to your team that you're going to go out for a brainstorming exercise and you're going to take them out of the office or the work environment to a neutral place. Now, I used to do mine in a pub at an evening, but it's entirely up to you where you feel your your team will be more comfortable. It could be in a restaurant, it could be in a cafe, but it needs to be somewhere out of the out of the office environment. Now, it's up to you the time of day when you choose to do that. I used to do mine at an evening from 6.30pm is when I used to have my brainstorming sessions. And you're going to explain to your team the reason why you're having this brainstorming session is because you value them as employees and you want to tap into their mindsets to find out what we can do to improve the business. Because if we can improve the business, the environment will become better for them to work in. You will be taking on better quality clients. You may well make more profit. You may be able to offer some people a pay rise. So you're going to tell them that it's a brainstorming session to grow the business, but you're going to then make it all about them and how they can benefit. So they're going to give up their time to come to this session. And at this brainstorming session, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is, number one is thank them for coming. But number two, I'm going to ask you to share your 12-month and five-year vision with your team. Now, for many of you, this might be the very first time you've ever shared where you want to take your business. And you've got to deliver this with excitement and motivation and, and passion because you are going to want your team to buy into this vision of where you're taking your business. So you're going to share your 12 month and you're going to share your five year visions with them so they fully understand where you are heading as a team. Then once you've shared the vision, the next thing I'm going to ask you to do is say to them, listen, this is a cards on the table opportunity for you to get off anything off your chest on number one, what's not working right in the business. What Tell us what's not working right, what's causing your pain. Number two, how can we improve that situation to make the business run more efficient and become more streamlined? And in doing so, we can take that pain away from you. Now, I couldn't believe some of the fantastic suggestions that my team started coming out with. And I'm like, how the hell have I not thought of this great idea myself? 
Now, don't get me wrong, there will be some things that they come out with or some suggestions that may be negative or you're not going to take on board. But we're not necessarily looking for those. We're looking for those dynamite little bits of information or knowledge that they can share that's going to have a massive impact on your business. And you need to scribble. You need to make as many notes about all of the things that they come out with in that session. Because this leads us on to point number three. The implementation of their ideas and suggestions. How brilliant is it that their boss, that their leader is listening to what they're telling them and more importantly, making those positive changes. Because when they see these changes implemented and working and, and the business is getting better, they will start to feel better in themselves. They'll become more confident, they'll become more relaxed and they'll continue then to keep bringing these great ideas to the table. They'll also start to feel an important cog in your business machine. They'll start to feel part of you and your team and the camaraderie and the bonding that they will do together magnetizes the team and gels them together. And that's exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for a team that are now firing on all cylinders, singing from the same hymn sheet. They've all got the same rules of the game and they feel part of your business. Now, once you've done the first brainstorming session, that's not it. I would encourage you to do it at least once a month because you'll feel more comfortable in delivering it. They'll feel more comfortable and relaxed knowing that you are going to actually implement some of these ideas and you're not just wasting everybody's time. So we need to make sure that that goes in the default diary once a month. I re recommend having it on the same day at the same time every single month so it becomes consistent and part of their default diary. Point number four, reward your team. Everybody deserves some praise at some point or another. A pat on the back, a high five, a massive well done and congratulations goes a long way. But pats on the back for two years, three years, really? Those pats on the back, the high fives, the well done, the congratulations will soon mean nothing and become worthless. Why? Because it's not enough. When was the last time you really rewarded your team or individuals within your team? When was the last time you showed a real interest in them and their hobbies and their family lives and rewarded them for the hard work, the suggestions to help you grow your business? Because without this team, we are going to struggle. We cannot build, grow and potentially sell a successful business doing it all on our own. We need this team as much as they need us. So I want you to think about how you can reward your team. They don't even have to be big, expensive, you know, grand things. Just something different to that pat on the back or that high five goes such a long way. So brainstorm some ideas with yourself or, or your fellow directors or the people in your management team and work out what you can do to incentivize and motivate your team by giving them rewards. And again, 
How are they going to feel towards you knowing that you're doing that extra little bit? You don't have to do it, but you do it because you value them as a team player. Now, when I learned about this strategy and I implemented it into my business, that's when things started to take off. Not just because I had a great team, but my team took more responsibility on, which freed up more of my time to start to spend on bringing the more profitable clients into my business. I did that. It allowed me to make more profit. I was in a position, a fortunate position to be able to pay my team a little bit more than all our competitors were playing theirs. And that made it a fantastic place to work. Why? Because they were in a culture and a company that valued them and long term they got paid that little bit extra than what anybody else did. And my team stayed together for years and years and years and they made me an incredible amount of money but I also gave it them back tenfold. And that was one of the main reasons why I built, grew and sold my building company because I had a fantastic team behind me every step of the way so now you have it now you know how to use belbin to recruit the right people with the right strengths you're going to establish the rules of your game so they fully understand what's expected of them and every team member is singing from the same hymn sheet and you now have the four points to empower and to motivate a team that you're going to retain that is going to help you grow your business. Now, just like any type of coaching, if you don't do anything with the knowledge that I've just shared with you right now, then what's the point? Nothing's going to change. So you need to take massive action. You need to put this plan into place. I'll tell you now, it's not easy. But what is easy in business? If we are serious about succeeding, we have to change our approach on how we're doing things. And if you are recruiting the wrong way, if you are letting your employees uh, take liberties with you and they're not working efficient and you are not rewarding people and they're leaving, then what's the point? The whole point of this is you're going to build a business that's going to financially support you and your family for the rest of your lives, but also you're going to provide that income to support your employees, freelancers, subcontractors, families for the rest of theirs too. Thank you. I really hope that you've got some value from this podcast. What I'd love you to do is subscribe straight away so you never miss another show. And I'd also love you to leave me a review to help other people find this podcast. If you have not already joined our Elite Business Academy Facebook group, please head on over to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash elite business academy come over onto the group there are thousands of members on there where we help support each other we network we add value to each other we share content and coaching knowledge to help each other to grow our businesses if you want to drop us an email with any suggestions on on what podcast you want us to shoot and record next please drop us an email to support 
at elitebusinessacademy.co.uk. But on behalf of myself and everybody at the EBA, I hope you've enjoyed this show and I'll speak to you all over on the next one. Thank you.